This is Power 102 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Traffic before Piaco heading towards Yui and then Valcini to Port of Spain. That's a CRH. Of course, at the eastern main road, Maruka, various spots until Mova Junction. If you come out to Maraval, Mocha, straight down to the roundabout. Dago, all routes out of Dago. You got some traffic there. Remember, there's an accident in Turep by Watch Street. Three cars smashed up. Uh, so take note of that. Let's head down south. We can make our way up north, south. Lighter than usual for this time. It is indeed. Rivulet Road to Cuba and Point Lisas, a bit heavy. And then pretty much after Sugar Gorders, you'll get traffic heading towards the interchange. Alright. Alright, so that's a quick traffic update for you. 15 minutes after the hour is 7 o'clock. Let's get into the results of our morning poll before we get into our interview. Let me do a fresh see what's happening here i got one i got riri out in west palm beach florida wendell that is saying yes all right all right so that's uh that i'm not hold on hold on that's my mistake sorry shoot again that, that con- sorry go ahead all right that confirms the results of our poll we asked this morning are you concerned about the upsurge in covid19 cases in trinidad and tobago all 20 of our pollsters this morning said yes. yes. All 20 said yes, they are concerned. As oh. the official of the U.S. Embassy does yes. a little dodging up there, she looks... You're looking good, you're looking good. You're looking good, man. <laughs> good morning, how are you? Good morning, that's what I wanted to hear, so thank you. Looking good, looking good. And this, of course, it's Sydney, pronounce your last name for me. It's pronounced Joof, like a J. Yeah, okay. That's what I got here, but I didn't want to mess it up, so I didn't say a word. Got some punch to it, right? Yeah, it does. Good morning to you, uh, Cindy. How are you? Happy New Year. All the best to you guys. 
Thank you so much. How are you guys doing? We've had a fine few Scotland showers. Pretty good. Great. Pretty good. <laughs> we, we all have our, v, our US visas, so we're all right. Of course. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy I, to hear that. I don't that's have one. I don't <laughs> have one. I don't have a US visa. Well, I suppose you should get in line then and make sure you put in your application as soon as possible. We I should, but I don't, I don't need it. I have another password. Oh, okay. But, but right. that's, a good, that's a good way to start. Yeah, let's do that. In terms of the process, the process sure. for getting a, a, a U.S. visa, that's the B-1, B-2 visa. Sure. Yeah. sure. And there's a serious backlog, is there? Great. So um, basically what I really wanted to tell you guys today is that we are really happy to announce that um, – we have new officers that have come in. So, of course, the officers need to conduct the visa interviews as well as process the interview waiver cases. And we've added a few new personnel. And so our wait times are now finally dropping down. So we had at one point, like most of the world, we had a you know wait time of, of, of nearly a year to get a visa appointment. That's dropped down to about 105 days. So you're looking at about three months. So people are telling me, oh, I'm trying to go for Thanksgiving. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to put in my application that no, put in your application now. It's about a three month wait. Um, and that is also true for the interview waiver process. So of course, the interview waiver, those are the cases where um, you don't need to appear for, for an interview. So these are children under the age of 14, um, older persons over the age of 79, as well as people who are renewing their visa. If they're renewing a 10-year visa and the, the visa was issued um, after they were 14, of course, they they could look on our website and follow all the steps to, um, you know, potentially do their, um, avoid the avoid having to come in for an interview and right, be able right. to do it through the mail. But my, my experience, uh, Ms. Duke, is that even if you even if you're renewing a tenure, they sometimes still call you in. Is that is yeah, that, is yeah, that yeah, so occasionally because we'll find that, you know, something is missing from the case or we want to ask you, you know, some questions. Of course, um the officer when they're looking at your case would be able to look at your travel pattern. We always know each time that you come into the United States as well as how long you stay and if you leave mm -hmm. and you know, if anything happened in the United States that that would ever involve, you know, another government ent entity, we would know that as well. So sometimes we call you in, um, you know, for an actual interview, but sometimes it's that you actually had that visa issued before the age of 14. And so we need to bring mm -hmm. you in for fingerprints. So I've had many people, you know, get in a panic and, and send me a message and say, oh, my visa was denied. It's not possible to deny um, your case just through the mail. We need to bring you in for an interview and ask you a few questions. So if you're seeing that, it, it means um, that your case is, is just in processing, that we're going to call you in for an interview. And at that time, you'll be able to explain your travel and what you were doing in the United States. So don't please don't panic. So you're saying once it's once it's a mail-in process and you you're not called, you're not going to be denied. Well, that's not necessarily true, of course, mm -hmm. because we need to look at the totality of the circumstances of your case. So nothing is ever as simple as I've had a visa, I'm always going to have a visa. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, if you are not called in for additional information, additional documentation. Sometimes we just need to grab your fingerprints. For example, you know, something with the machine uh, didn't capture all 10. That is the, now the legal requirement. We have to have all 10 or we need a photo or you have put your application in with other family members and we need to talk to one of them. So it's just really as a case by case, um, it's really on a case by case basis. But generally speaking, if you send it in and you don't get called in for an interview, you will be getting um, you will be getting your passport back with a visa in it. And generally the processing time for that is about once you've sent it to it, it's about two weeks.
Right. How long is right. your wait time now in order to get in? And I'll, right. get, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why shortly. Uh-huh. Okay, so are you talking about um, to send it in via the mail-in well, process? All right, so let me, just pray, let, me, let me just paint a scenario for you. Uh, I knew someone uh, with uh, uh, that works for a, a, a company, and he was invited to the U.S. Um, by the company to show new equipment and, and stuff like that. He never had a U.S. visa, and this was in September, and he gave, they gave him a month's notice. And um, he went. They went up to the website. They sent in the letters. They sent everything else in, and asked for it to be expedited so he can go on this trip. But they told him that he couldn't do anything, and he got his appointment from to February next month. So he missed out on a, a, a wonderful opportunity. I mean, I even tried, um, and I spoke to someone there, but um, to no avail. Okay, so in cases like these, um, we do try to expedite. So that's um, you know that's disappointing for me to hear because anybody going to the United States with the hopes of you know, purchasing equipment or increasing trade between the United States and Trinidad and Tobago. That's one of the prime purposes um, uh, of our existence. Of course, embassies are, are mostly here to serve um, the American people living overseas. But one other key function of a U.S. embassy is to assure that there is uh, trade and, and travel and exchange um, between our two countries. So it sounds like uh, the process at some part uh, or at some point had fallen apart. But what he would do is, just as you indicated, he would get an application in and then within the system, once he has applied and he has an appointment, let's say, um, as you indicated in February, then he would go into the system and, and give really good detail as to why that, that travel needs to be expedited. So if he says something as simple as I'm going on a shopping trip, that may look like, um, you know, that he's just going up to get shoes or going up to get some fet clothing or something along those lines. And and generally, we don't facilitate those. But if it's legitimate business to business, um, it, you know, exchange and sales, uh, we, we really want to consider those closely. So I would say in cases like that and he's not getting, um, you know, he's really trying to contribute to the economy of both of our countries, he would want to write to consular POS at state.gov. And that gives him another chance to have his case heard or listened to. So again, that would be consular POS at state.gov. Well, well, this is actually the first time I'm hearing that you can actually plead a case by going to do trade, by actually going to purchase um, um, equipment, machinery, whatever. I, I've never heard that before. Well, I mean, one of the, like I said, one of our prime functions here is to increase uh, trade and economic activity between our two countries. Right. So, of course, what we look at, you know, now during the pandemic, of course, we're, 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 you know, we're slowly exiting the pandemic, although, you know, with, with Carnival coming up, we would like to put in a little plug for people to get their flu shot and, of course, their COVID mm -hmm. booster. But as we come out of the pandemic, just keep in mind that during the pandemic, we needed to focus on medical emergencies and sort of life or death situations. But as we get out of the emergency period, we are certainly looking at, um, you know, we have a new ambassador here. The White House is very focused in on increasing trade. Um, and, and, and you have to fill out an expedite request, of course. You need to begin with that step. And that step is directly in the visa appointment system. So that's always existed. It's just we have in the past have needed to prioritize, um, you know, medical treatment or if somebody is, uh, is going off for a funeral or whatnot. But yeah, of course, 
it's important. You know, I attended the um, AmCham. There was a reception for the American Chamber of Commerce this week, and it was just fascinating to hear about all of the companies in Trinidad and Tobago and their economic interests in the United States, particularly in the energy sector, which, you know, right. of course, is extremely important to both of our countries. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but start that in the system, just requesting an expedite, okay? Well, Ms. Ms. Duke, what would, what would prevent someone from getting a renewed visa? after they've had one for, for quite a while, um, they would have traveled back and forth from the United States. They have a secure job here. In, a, in other words, they're in the military um, and, and they're moving up the ranks. What would, what, would, what would prompt a denial of a U.S. visa in a case like that? Well, I mean, each visa case, each of the cases is very specific. And of course, um, our policy is not to comment on an individual visa case. But in general, what we're looking at is, you know, so we will have access to your travel and we will have access to um, some of the activities that you would have participated in, in the United States, particularly if they involve law enforcement. So all of the different, um, you know, the United States just has access to a lot of information and we would bring you in and want to question you about that. Um, so it's never a given that you're because you've had a visa that you'll always have one. So that's why we always encourage people when they're traveling to be really careful about how long they remain in the United States. Of course, when you enter into the airport or when you, when you arrive in the United States, they will generally give you six months to stay. But if you're participating in very, very long stays in the United States, that's going to warrant additional scrutiny, as is, you know, any amount of uh Anything that would happen with law enforcement, um, you know, a number of things can happen that would that would cause us to, you know, consider, you know, reconsider mm -hmm. the case and the merits of it without knowing the specifics of the case. And, of course, wanting to give privacy to whoever that individual is. I, I really can't comment on the specifics. But the most important thing in your interview, of course, is to tell the truth, because yeah. uh, we're the United States and we have access to most of the information. <laughs> so so is there is there is there a way that someone can um, make an appeal to such a decision where they feel that they would not have participated in anything illegal, immoral, overstayed, whatever? Of course, they can reapply. So how I view your situation and how the next officer may view your situation can be completely different. So, you know, there are some activities in the United States, if you if you engage in them, then you can be banned forever. But other other situations, you can plead your case. The only thing I would caution is that if you apply, you know, rapidly in succession, so you get denied today and then you're applying, you know, two weeks later, that looks like that looks a little bit like um, you haven't, you know, reestablish yourself or or gotten a little bit bit beyond what happened but of course um we understand that so many people from trinidad and tobago have family in the united states and um we, we respect that the caribbean diaspora is very large and we understand the need to travel uh, back and forth between the united states and trinidad and tobago so they should continue to you know to, to make their case and make another application so if you have an interview with me and i i determine that you don't qualify for the visa you will apply again and, and you'll have your case will be heard by a different officer. Oh, so, okay. So it's never the same officer doing that re, with that no. reapplication. No, in, in theory, it shouldn't be. You should get a fresh interview each time you come into the U.S. Embassy. Okay. Hmm. Right. So you're saying that, for example, if I go to the States on a visitor's visa and I overstay my, my, my visit, I can actually reapply to go back at some point? Yes, of course you can. The thing is, what we're going to look at is where are your ties? Every single interview 
Every single interview is about ties uh, to Trinidad and Tobago, to your home country. So if you're coming in, we're looking at what is going to bring you back. And, you know, for me, what is going to bring me back to your country again and again and again is the great people, um, the sunshine, uh, you know, the good food and, and the warm and inviting culture. So I'll always be coming back here. And I think you can expect that a lot of Americans um, are going to be coming down for carnival. So I do want to just quickly put in a plug for you know, how to stay safe, because I think you're going to have a lot of Americans down here um, on the road. Uh, so if you don't mind, could I give a few? Sure, go ahead. Of course. Yeah. So these are things that I'm also reminding myself because I will be um, out on the road with uh, lots of other people, um, and not just Americans. Um, and so one thing that we really encourage people to do is to before you head out to, you know, to play Moss or what or Jube or whatever it is that you're going to do to, you know, have to determine a meeting point ahead of time of where if you get separated, you will meet up again. It's really important to drink water, stay hydrated, could be coconut water, regular water, just continue to drink um, liquids. Um, beyond just, um, you know, drinks with alcohol, we would encourage people to limit those and to always be aware of your surroundings. Um, and, you know, keep an eye on your drink, you know, keep an eye on where it is and uh, who it came from and exercise caution with that. Practice situational awareness. So know where you are, know who's around you. Always have one of your friends or somebody that you've gone out with um, nearby have an idea of where they are. Um, as we said before, you know, get your COVID booster, get your flu shot. Um, and then, you know, just as the prime minister said yesterday, it, it's really everyone's responsibility to to exercise personal responsibility. So make really good choices. Um, but we want uh, all the American people and, and the people of Trinidad and Tobago to have a fantastic carnival. So these are just, you know, we put that out there as a way to, to keep everybody safe because we, we've heard this is supposed to be the mother of all carnivals. So Supposed to be. Are we now joined by the <coughs> prime minister in waiting, uh, Richard Ragubarasing. <laughs> hi there. Hi, yeah. hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. No. I'm good. Good. No, prior, have... prior. Richard, yeah. you go ahead. No, I, I wasn't sure if they had raised with you, ma'am, uh, because um, I'm joining late, the issue of the wait times that people have now with regard to visa, not, not only visa, waive, visa interview waivers, yeah. which there is a wait time in terms of submitting your documents but also the application for an in, in interview, in-person interview, um, those applications are also, there's a long wait time. I don't know if you could explain why that is, because I've, sure. never, um, I've never heard of it being so long in terms mm -hmm. of getting appointments before, yeah, as sure. I've heard for this period of time in terms of the U.S. Embassy. Sure. Let me just start by let me just start by stating. I, I think I need an invitation to your library. I see all of those books behind <laughs> you. Somebody's a reader. Somebody's an intellectual. Um, so I know that you're paying attention to details. Um, in terms of the wait time, so of course you know that during the COVID pandemic, um, due to government of Trinidad and Tobago regulations, we could only have you know five people in our waiting room at any given time. So that made the wait time you know to get an to get an appointment really really long. Um, and so at this point now, we're able to bring a greater number of people into our embassy. So the wait time is about three months. It's, a, it's like 101, 105 days. But we're looking to actually decrease that um, by adding additional staff members, which I, I just welcome two new staff members at the end of the year. Um, but I think your particular question has to do with the interview um, waiver, because in the past, anybody could send those in at any given time. There was absolutely no wait. And what happened was um, in, I think it was summer of last year, we were flooded because um, it was 
I think 10 years ago where we began to, there was a surge, a global surge. And so this now hits the 10 year mark, all of those visas are now expiring. And so there's significant demand. And what happened was we created what is called a virtual queue. So you put in your application and then it tells you, okay, when are, we, when are you ready to send it in? Because what we found when there were, um, I mean, there were days when we were getting 300 um, mail-in applications a day. I mean, the mail mm. was just, it was so big, I was losing space in my office. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have a fancy office like yours with all those reading materials. <laughs> it was so impressive. Um, but we needed to use my office to store the passports. And that became complicated for people because they had traveled mm -hmm. to Barbados, they had traveled to the UK, they had traveled to Guyana, they had different things that they needed to do, and we had their passports. And so to avoid that situation where your passports sit inside our, our offices for an extended period of time, we want you to only send your passport to us when we're ready to process it. So at this point, that too is about three months. And we're looking at that number every day. Um, my manager in charge of visas, he has to report out his numbers and his wait time to me every Monday. And, um, you know, I even do those cases myself because we know that people, um, they're desperate to travel, you know, just yeah. as Americans are desperate to come to Trinidad and Tobago, um, you know, the people of, of this country are in a hurry to come to ours as well. So that explains that. So about yeah. about three months for either. But the one thing I did want to tell your listeners um, here at Power 102 is that what they can do is they can go onto our website, the appointment website. Once they have an appointment, they've paid their Scotiabank fee, which by the way, can only be paid at Scotiabank. Don't pay online. Pay your visa fee on Scotiabank, at Scotiabank. Um, and then once you've done that, you can get an appointment. So let's say uh, your appointment's in May, but you can go in on a daily basis or a weekly basis and look to see if we've added additional appointments or if people have done cancellations. The other mm -hmm. thing I wanted to add is if you have, um, you know, tours like student visas, you know, students are one thing where we try to get them, we know that they're, that they have to be in their seat, in their class on time. So those are things we would have a, a shorter wait time for. So, but I think most of your listeners are concerned with the B1, B2, which, um, you know, is our, is our, is our most popular visa and that's for, for tourism. And that's still about the months. Why is only, why is it only Scotiabank, the only bank that you use to do this application process? Oh, oh gosh, that has to do with contracts. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, I, I think that may be a long answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is not my territory. Um, ah. But I will say that it's good that it's on the Scotiabank because then your listeners aren't confused and off going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because listen to me, there are very unscrupulous people who will try to get you to pay online and tell you that they can get an expedite for you. They cannot. I myself or somebody in my office uh, are the only people that can look at that queue of expedite requests. There is nobody with a with a company that's going to get you an earlier appointment. Okay. It's you and the merits of your case and the actual system that you go into. Right. I'm glad. I'm is glad that, is, is that wait time though? I'm, I know you said you're always evaluating it. Um, is it that it's, it's, do you have a timeline when it will revert to some level of normalcy in terms of the usual yeah, that, yeah, that's a really good question. So um, after uh, being here forever, it seems, um, I'm leaving uh, in July. And so my objective is that the wait time would be back to normal um, by July when I leave. But to be totally fully honest with you, I think it's, a, it's probably closer to June that things would normalize. And again, that has to do with not a decrease in demand, but an increase in, in staff. Oh. Well, as 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 you yeah. go in that as you go in that area, how 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 much do you expect the new upsurge in COVID cases to affect that? Because I know that that is what affected it in the first place. 
and we are now seeing a, a further upsurge in, in COVID cases. Do you expect then that the wait time would, it will affect you all exponentially? Um, so I'm not an epidemiologist, so I wouldn't want to uh, I wouldn't want to make any predictions other than to say that that people, if they want this carnival to go well and they want to get visa appointments, then they will practice, you know, as the prime minister said yesterday, you know, practice personal responsibility. Um, I can't make any predictions um, about that. But for those people who are concerned as they come to the embassy, if they're concerned about COVID or infection rates, they should wear a mask. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wearing a mask. I have people in my office um, that are wearing a mask now. I see lots of people out on the streets. They should do that. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't want to make, um, mm. you know, so, any. So it's not mandatory to enter the, the U.S. embassy with a mask? At, at this point, it is not, no. Okay. No. no. I did want to remind your listeners, though, because I think people have sort of forgotten it is still a requirement to enter the United States to be fully vaccinated. If you are not a U.S. citizen, you do need to be vaccinated. And I, I mean, we've gone over this many, many times, but I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions recently about what is required for entry to the United States. And, and so what is required to enter is just a full series of vaccinations. So what, what does that mean? It would mean um, any uh, full series of WHO, World Health Organization, or the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, series of vaccinations. So, you know, that could be two Modernas, two Pfizer's, two Sinopharms, one Johnson & Johnson. It consists of the full series. Well, I'm glad you raised that because... At what point is that checked? Now, I've been in and out of the United States in, in, as, in as, as early as last, a few days ago. As early as they, Tuesday, they, Wendell. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they the man went asked, up and came back on the same day. <laughs> yes. They've never asked me in, on entering the United States to prove my vaccination status. It's, it's asked um, at the airport here in Trinidad before I leave. Correct. And and when you're checking in online, but I've never been asked at the at the end at entering the United States. Yeah, correct, because those things are checked before you're even able to board. So you shouldn't be able to board a flight to the United States if you don't have those series of vaccinations, if you haven't shown that at some point. You know, have people in airports and at ports of entry, have they become more lax on the regulations? I, I can't speak to that. Um, I, I, I can just say that I, I show mine. I, I mean, I just pull it out and show it just out of habit. Um, so just, you know, get your vaccinations if you haven't already, because we'd, we'd be happy to welcome you to the United States. Yeah. So 50% of Trinidad and Bago, that if they, that 50% that's not vaccinated, cannot travel to the U.S. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All foreign nationals, all foreign. So anybody, anybody in Trinidad and Tobago that is not a U.S. passport holder mm -hmm. uh, would need to have that. And no test, no negative test, no nothing is required. At this point, no. I checked no. the CDC, uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I checked that yesterday. That is not required. I mean, there is a, a cutout for people, uh, but that generally will not apply um, to Trinidad and Tobago. So there is a cutout for people coming into the United States from China. Uh, Macau and Hong Kong, where they do need to take a COVID test, and that is regardless of nationality. Uh, but I mean, that really doesn't apply to too many people um, here in Trinidad and Tobago. So, but if you have friends and relatives that are coming back for Carnival, they're leaving China and coming through the United States, they really ought to check our our website, our the CDC Centers for Control, uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So that's the only carve out where we're looking at um, COVID test results, and those, of course, would need to be taken two days before you board your flight. But not to confuse the people of Trinidad and Tobago, 
COVID testing is not required uh, for people leaving Trinidad and Tobago going to the United States. Just the full vaccination series. All right. Yeah. I, I, I think know there was a little bit of confusion it. because I think that that requirement by the CDC and the federal government for non-citizens was recently extended. That expired and recently extended. So I think that extension confused people as to whether there was now a new requirement. Yes, I was yeah. wondering. I had. I was wondering actually what had caused the confusion. I thought perhaps it was the new regulations coming out of China, but but perhaps you're right. And certainly, you know, it did cause me because there were so many inquiries. It did cause me to go onto CDC website and and confirm that. And I've you know tried to send that information out. Um, there is also confusion that you know that you don't need to be vaccinated, um, and you do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so let's take a couple of calls. Just a couple. I know you got to run. So let's take a couple. Uh, good morning, your question. Sure. Hi, good morning. Morning. And the whole Power Breakfast team. Morning. Um, my question is this. Uh, my, my, my visa, as well as my children's visa, expired in February 2021. Mm -hmm. so that was in height of COVID. Um, but when my children got their visas, they were both like 10 years and 14 years. I was mean, fact, 11 years and 8 years. Mm -hmm. so now that they have expired, do I qualify for a waiver? But they are all now, one is over 18, and one is 18, and one is 21. Okay, so, so that... An application? All right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and that is, you know exactly what I would like to talk about today because those cases do not qualify for interview waiver and the reason for that is once you reach the age of 14 you need to come in and have your um, fingerprints taken so yes they will need an interview I mean the good news for you ma'am I mean it's not perhaps it's not always convenient to come to the embassy but the wait time certainly is it, it you know it's it's not significantly longer for you to, to for you to actually bring the children in so go ahead and make an appointment uh, begin by filling out everything online and then you're going to go ahead and pay at Scotiabank and then get your appointment dates. And then, like I said, if, if you know, you can check to see if you can get an earlier appointment, but just seal in those appointments now because you never know. You may wish to travel this summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got a question from an avid listener of ours. He said, if a group of scouts that need to transit from one airline to another through the U.S. JFK, can they process the group for a transit visa Um or is it the same process? And do they require an interview for a transit visa? Yeah, sure. So what he's talking about is um, a C visa. And a C visa is to transit the United States. It has very, very limited use, right? And so the qualifications for transiting the United States are the same as for a tourist or a visitor. We need to be sure that you will be returning to your home country. So yes, you can apply for the transit visas, but if the children are over the age of 14, they need to come in for an interview. Um, and, and like I said, C, uh, a C visa is, is, is a very limited utility. So if you're going to need to come in for an interview, uh, it, it might be in your best interest to actually apply for the B1, B2 in case you have travel, you know, future travel, because that C1, that C1 visa is only gonna allow you to, to transit our country, right? Still need a visa, but you'll only be able to stay in the airport and then uh, leave. All right. And finally, Andre, just want you to clarify the current requirements for travel to the U.S. Sure. Well, um, you need to have a visa and you need to have a full series of vaccination. And that and that's about it. Okay, what about what about what about finances? Because every now and then they will ask you when you get into the to the to the U.S., um, how are you funding this trip? If if you have how much cash you have, and 
thing, things like that. They, they don't always do it, but sometimes they do. Yeah, I mean, you should be able to talk in general about your, your financial situation because what we're looking at when we're talking about finances, we're not necessarily looking at your bank account, but we're looking at your your overall economic situation and what would bring you back to Trinidad and Tobago, right? So that isn't always money. Some things are, you know, I would argue some things are far more important than money, such as, you know, family and and good weather and, and nice vibes. So you need to be able, <laughs> right? So you need to be able to show us that you're coming back to Trinidad and Tobago. So there is no specific money amount or house or whatever. There are lots of things that bring people back to their home country, but you should be able to talk about it. And so when you show up at the interview and you're pushing in a bunch of papers and, and your deeds and everything else into the window, um, I, I don't wanna see those. I want you to talk to me about your financial situation and what your ties are to the country. What's gonna bring you back home? Keeping in mind every single visa interview begins with the assumption this is the law this is u.s law and u.s immigration law it begins with the assumption that you're going to the united states to immigrate and you're going to stay there forever so you have two minutes to show us to prove to us the opposite that here are my ties these are the things that bring me back home i don't like the cold i have a wife my children and grandkids are here i have a home whatever it is it's particular to you you know i can think of many reasons why i would want to come back to trinidad and tobago Two but minutes, you said. Like, you sounded like you're coming up with many reasons why you don't want to go. <laughs> you said. Why well, don't want to go back home? Well, uh, my husband and children are in the United States, so I will be going back to Washington. Oh, there you go. You said two minutes? Yeah, you have two minutes. The interview I mean, lasts two minutes? I mean, if you're talking to me, it does. Sure, of course. We want everybody to get a pleasant experience at the embassy. So if you're coming in for a 15 minute interview, and there are 200 people that are waiting, the people are gonna be waiting a really long time. And we're of course cognizant of the fact that it's not comfortable to stand outside and wait for a visa interview. So we want people to move through our facility as quickly as possible for a better customer experience. Yeah. Wow, that's fast. But that is, that's a very good point because a lot of, when I pass outside and there are people lining up um, and I say, well, how long do you have to line up for? But I never knew that the interview process was two minutes. I mean, that is an average, of course. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared to talk about what are you going to do in the United States? Mm -hmm. What? Mm. Uh, where are you going? Where are you going? Who are you going to see? Who are you spending time with? Who are you traveling with? You should be able to talk about those things. Just as if I were planning a trip, I would easily be able to explain those to you. Think those things to you in probably um, a minute or less. So the thing is, with the people waiting outside the embassy, um, you know that is something that I look at every day when I come in. Um, I, I, I'm always very concerned about people waiting. So we, we tell people don't come any more than 15 minutes before your appointment, right? Mm -hmm. We have a very efficient process now. We were able to hire additional staff. So come 15 minutes, no more than 15 minutes before. That way you're not standing outside. And keep in mind also that when you're coming, you cannot bring your bags or your wallets or your diaper bags or your luggage or anything. You're only allowed to bring a clear folder. And inside that clear folder, you will wanna have any documentation any any payment method, so that could be a credit card, that could be your US cash, your your TT cash, you'll have all of those documents in a small envelope. People ask, well, why, you know, I need to have way more stuff. You know, you see some women, their huge purses and all their things and their water bottles, and you can't bring that in because everybody has to be screened. And the screening yeah. for security is really tiny. And so to not make people wait outside, again, I don't want people waiting in the sun or in the rain, it's not comfortable. Right. We move people through quickly and they have to pass through security and security is only one at a time. There's not some big X-ray machine like at, like at the Piarco airport. Nothing yeah. like that. They have so, to go in individually. So 
don't bring a bunch of extra stuff. Don't bring a cell phone. Otherwise, we have to send you away, and then you come back, and you've missed your appointment. So, again, when you're coming, come with just what you think you need for the interview. Leave and, the rest of your stuff in a car or with somebody else because we have no place to store that in stuff. In a clear pouch. 15, exactly. 15 minutes, you have a 10 o'clock appointment, you get there at 9.45 with your clear exactly. pouch with just the necessities that you need, and you'll zip through. And a preparedness to yeah. discuss where you're going and what you're going to do and what your ties are to Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Is, is there a dress code, Miss Job? No, there's not a dress code. Okay. You know me, I like a t-shirt, slippers, and shorts. Well, when I see you coming, I'll be sure to say, yeah. hey, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me. That, that's, I live in Trinidad. There's sun. I, should, I shouldn't see why oh, I should not I wear mean, shorts, look, t-shirt, and a slippers. Uh, look, I, I mean, we're not evaluating how you dress. We're evaluating, again, what's going to bring you back here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the ability to wear shorts and, uh, or short pants, as you guys say, and slippers, the ability to do that is not something you can do in my part of the country. It was 24 degrees. You all want to know why I came back? It was 24 <laughs> degrees below zero when I was home for Christmas. Mm, yeah. Short pants and sandals is not a thing for us, but that doesn't allow us to judge what other people are coming. We just want to talk to you. It's as simple right. as that. I can't handle the cold. I had too, many, too much winters, and I can't handle the cold. Uh, Sydney, did we miss anything out? No, anything else you so. want to yeah. discuss? We covered everything? I mean, just we're super excited for Carnival, and we mm -hmm. just encourage everybody, like, uh, practice personal safety, get boosted, um, get ready, be aware of your surroundings, drink lots of water, and um, I guess mind your business. Yeah. Is this your first Carnival? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was here in 2020, but I only did Jouvet, so this year I'm doing it all. Oh, okay. Ah, All right. Okay. Well, Cindy, thank you so much. Cindy Joff, thank you so much for being with us on Power One and Two. You're um, quite welcome. Be safe. All the best. Thank you so much to Charlene as well. You know, Charlene is my go to person. I see her right now. She is. Hi, Charlene. Morning. All right. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. Okay. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right. Yeah. Of course, that was uh, um, Cindy Joff from the U. I hope I pronounced that right, uh, from the U.S. Embassy. All right, going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm actually going to play, let me just make sure I have it lined up here, um, from the um, the Youth Panorama Preliminaries that's taken place. I'm actually going to play um, uh, Naps Steel Orchestra when I come back, and that's going to be, make it quick, in less than a minute, I should say. Furniture Plus has a mattress sale for you. Get queen mattresses for just $899 and Serta pillows starting from only $80. Also, save hundreds on Sealy and Serta mattresses while stocks last. Check press and social media for details. Dr. Raj is back <laughs> on Power 1 2 Digital. Sexplosion. Yes, Sexplosion is back. Every Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., join Dr. Raj as he explores the issues related to sexual intimacy and sexuality. Hi, this is Dr. Raj. I am back on Power 102 with Sexplosion. Join us. Sexplosion with Dr. Raj is back. 4 to 6 every Friday and only on Power 102 Digital. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to play Naps Combined, Steel Orchestra, the boys and the girls. And, of course, they're doing Big Bad Soka and Bunchy Garland actually sent out a tweet yesterday saying that these kids are marvelous and let me tell you i was literally blown away so here's naps combined steel orchestra 
No, that is Naprima Combined School. That was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Naps Combined, good morning to you guys. That was absolutely amazing. Bungie's Big Bad Soka. That was really, really good. I played Bishop's for you coming up um, the other side of 8 o'clock this morning. Um, they played um, Lorraine by uh, Explainer. So I'll play that next. But, but, but that sounded absolutely amazing. You can't believe these are kids. Yeah. And I don't know why nobody has been featuring these young people who are playing pan. Yes. That's why I played it. Yeah. You know, people need to do it more. Yeah. I mean, it's all only our breakfast show. Come on. Other people need to do it. When, when, I, when I got that yesterday, when I got both of them, and I listened to both of them, and I had my headphones on, and I'm mm. saying, way boy, they sound mm. like a big band. Mm. You know, like the adult pan players. Mm. You know, so good going to your naps. That was absolutely phenomenal. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Wish you all the best of luck as well. Mm. We, a lot of proud parents there for sure. All right. As we head up towards our 8 o'clock news, of course, we have another interview coming up. Uh, guys, check your messages um, for WOW. Yeah, WOW. Oh, that, okay. I, didn't yeah. I saw the messages. Yeah. I didn't realize so that's, it was that's it, yeah. Why WOW Carnival Market, um, and it's on uh, next weekend. All right. So we'll talk to the folks about that. All right. I really enjoyed that piece of pan. I want to play Bishop, and it sounded really good and on here. So, good morning to everyone at Naps. You know, one of the things, um, one of the things we forgot to ask Miss Job is about the the pending or impending um, re relocation of the U.S. Embassy. Oh yeah, we kind of ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, even though they haven't said it's it's at the the old country club building, um, uh, reliable information is that it will be there. You know, so it's it, it yeah. would have been an interesting. I don't know if she would have been able to answer. We'll we'll do that another time. We'll yeah. do that another time. For sure. We were out of time. Well, what are you talking yeah. about? What Shall are you talking about? Let me tell you what we're talking about, Richard. You ready? Thank you for choosing Power to Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.